0: your favorite part or ride at Disneyland reconnecting with your your inner child
1: really liked the haunted mansion and I gotta say the teacup ride still out of control
0: yeah <laughs> I was Chloe was like stopping me because I was spinning it so hard I was like pushing her away from me like no no let me do this and I look over and there's this one like pretty pretty like big dad like pretty built dad and his two kids and this dude was just torturing his children they were spinning so fast i would look over and i thought like they were just gonna like form a tornado and get shot into the sky
1: i'm honestly a little surprised you don't see that more often those things can whip
0: they really can like there's a lot of resistance but once you really get it going you can just increase the the speeds man it was, I, uh, i'll tell
1: you what when i was going stepping out of that teacup man yo, I, w- I was dizzy i was as dizzy as i've been for a while
0: there were a few times i had to stop and just look up and like try and try and regain my balance because it was getting a little out of hand there. But uh, overall, great, uh, great day. I mean, honestly, all together, dude, great weekend. Um, you know, I know that if we're going to get into this, a win would have really capped it all off, but had a blast regardless.
1: It was a blast. This was our second time we've taken the Inter-Miami podcast on the road, I guess. We we hit St. Pete in the exhibition matches, and we were able to go up to Orlando City um, you know, always always fun to do that. Always fun to do that. You know, the the game we'll get into here, but the experience was awesome. We were at Disney Disney World, which was honestly not a bad time to go. Super, uh, super open, about fifty percent occupancy. I think they were even saying 30%. less
0: than that. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't even imagine. Uh, you know, I mean, like it was great because the, the 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 waits for the rides weren't long. But I was trying to like conceptualize and vision like three times as many people because. Even at 30%, some parts can get a little overwhelming.
1: There are, there are. And they do a pretty good job in definitely reinforcing the mask aspect. There is not a place on campus there that you can go without having your mask on. So, you know, that was definitely enjoyable. I hadn't been out there in about four to five years. So it was definitely fun to get after the rides and, you know, relive a little bit of your childhood. But then obviously Saturday... Uh, Brought us some pool time. We got to kick it by the pool, uh, have some fun in the sun, or at least what the sun would offer us with that semi-tropical storm rolling through.
0: Yeah, I love how just out of nowhere, the the depression comes through, like right before the game and right before like college football kicked off in Florida but uh it was all right we lived through this thank goodness there I don't even think there was one drop at the stadium while we were there
1: i think we were very lucky it was funny we actually stopped and got ponchos before the game just in anticipation it was the first time we had been to the the stadium so we didn't know what to expect and grabbed some ponchos and didn't have to use them which was very very exciting
0: now we are stockpiled on ponchos that i haven't used in a good 20 years probably so i don't know when we'll ever bust those up. but uh, we're ready- Ready if it comes, welcome everyone to the Inter Miami Podcast. I am Jay Kington alongside, per usual, Alex Papa George. If you do not already, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Inter Miami Podcast. We are also live on Twitter having fun. That's at MIA Podcast. Check out the website, intermiamepodcast.com, and shoot us an email at J and alex at Inter-Miami podcast.
1: Absolutely. And if you feel so inclined to, like most of you have, Please go ahead and give us five stars on Apple reviews. We really appreciate it. And, you know, if you do want to go ahead and do us and your friends a solid, tell them about the Miami podcast, share it on social media, tap your friends on the shoulder, let everybody know that we are, we're coming to you live pretty much on a weekly, even potentially multi-weekly basis here. So super excited with the show today. It's going to be an action-packed. We got Copa del Sol round three to talk about, which... You know, there's been uh, there's been a quite a bit of chatter going around the internet to get into. So we're gonna break that down. What happened on the field and off the field?
0: Yeah, some interesting rumors or real life stories. We'll let you decide. Uh, first things first. Before we get into that, let's just bring them up to date on general league news, team news, organization news. Uh, the next stage, phase two of the regular season reset have been announced we are playing atlanta united again for the third time september 19th at 7 p.m on september 23rd we will play the new york red bulls at 8 p.m and on september 27th we will play the philadelphia union at 7 30 p.m which we would love a rematch of uh that game and then of course we have the audi 2020 mls playoffs which have been uh, a better pitcher has been painted. Why don't you, you know, bring, bring an update with that?
1: Yeah, we got three tough matches, a little bit harder than I think the first stage rollout would be. But you know, we're ready. We'll see Atlanta next game, and you know, we've played them once before. Actually, I think even twice before, maybe by now. So we're familiar with these teams. We played Philadelphia Union in the preseason. Um, have not played the New York Red Bulls, but Jade, to get into your question, good sir, the 2020 MLS playoffs has been announced. The structure is here. Uh, This will, again, consist of a single elimination match uh, structure where the higher seed will be the home team. So the cup will go through December 12th, which I know got a lot of good publicity last year. The single elimination was pretty exciting to watch. So looking forward to seeing that happen again. But um, there will be 18 clubs to compete in the playoffs in total. Um, This this is going to have a little bit of expansion from the past. There will be eight teams from the 12-team Western Conference. Uh, that will qualify. The top six seeds from the 14-team Eastern Conference will qualify. And there's also going to be a little bit of playoffs. Um, The Eastern Conference seeds, number 7 through 10, will have a play-in match. Um, Number 7 will be facing off versus number 10, and number 8 will be facing off versus number 9. So that will determine the way the playoffs will look. Good, sir.
0: So there's a, a basically a playoffs inside the playoffs, it looks like.
1: Hey, any opportunity to bring more football to the fans, I'm all about.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Uh, it, it will uh, be an exciting event for sure. It was great last year. I mean, we went out and watched the games.
1: Yeah, those were some of the events that, you know, some of the supporters groups are really starting to publicize. And we got to meet a lot of people with each and every one of them. But, you know, I guess just off initial glance, pretty happy we're in the Eastern Conference because it looks like it's going to be a little bit easier of a road to get in the tournament.
0: It definitely will. Um, due to the loss, we are now back to last place uh, in the East. Um, but we have eight points uh 13th and 12th cincinnati and chicago Fowers fire, fire respectively have nine dc united 10 atlanta united 11 um and the 10 spots in so basically if we can win this next game against atlanta united they get zero points assuming you know dc chicago and fc either lose or draw we should be right into playoff potential uh which is good because you know we played atlanta united twice uh we beat them most recently and i think we can beat them again uh, they're really hurting this season Good, uh, matchup to have because we're continuing to grow. Uh, we're about to get into Mr. Gonzalo Higuain, um, but he will not be able to play in that game, but the game after he, very high chance he's available and, and uh, on the pitch for. Us. So, you know, I don't know how many more games I what I hate doing quick math. I think we're probably gonna have like 10 more games throughout the season, I think, but if we can get everything together, all we got to do is secure that 10th spot and then, Hopefully by the end of the season we're we're in really good form and can you know make it through that little mini playoff and get into the actual MLS Cup
1: playoffs with what looks to be the addition of Iguain to our team and Jay is going to get into that in a few minutes we're we're poised to make a playoff run and that and that's really exciting and we're going to talk about some formational changes that we saw during the game we're going to talk about the team and how we're seeing them mesh together and. Obviously, there's one component that we haven't yet seen on the field. So really exciting. I I know this game against Atlanta is going to be a game that I think we must win. It's going to be probably a really, you know, we are going to have a high chance of winning this game, but our next two matches are really tough. Um, You know, the New York Red Bulls, as we just talked about, is sitting in the number seven slot in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, hey, you know, don't look now, but Philadelphia Union's right behind them and they're sitting in number two.
0: Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, it's going to be exciting without a A question of that. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, We're just stick with the team. Again, we're learning every game. We're going to get to the form we need to be in. Uh, But to, I guess, get to what everyone wants to know, uh, Gonzalo Higuain. He is, I guess, now officially what you would call in the quarantine process. A a photo was shared of uh, Jorge Mas meeting him at uh, Miami airport. Um, He was actually able to get out of his Juventus contract. He had one year left, so he was trying to get a payout for the full year. Ended up getting uh, less than that. They said about 50%, but it looks to be a little less than that, honestly. But still $2.3 million from Juventus for the remaining year that he was owe- owed. That leaves him available on a free transfer. And the contract enter is about to, uh, or has offered him rather, I guess, uh, is going to be one of the most lucrative in the MLS of all time. It's going to be a base salary of $7 million per year, just shy of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I think he was 7.2 million uh, but up to 8.8 million in bonuses and performance based initiatives again uh, he's in the quarantine process. He will not be available for Atlanta, but should be available for Red Bulls. If not, expect him in the game after that. He has not technically signed the dotted line. Uh, or The club has at least not officially announced it, but I mean, all signs are pointing to a go. It would take an intervention from the Lord himself, I think, to, uh, to stop this one from happening. So everyone should be reassured. We are getting reinforcements in the attack, which we definitely need tremendously right now, especially considering, you know, Carranza and Robbie are continuing to grow and you do see a lot of those growing pains out there but you see flashes of potential so gonzalo uh two and a half year deal uh is what they're going to structure it to be which would be a great you know time frame to let these players grow up and um you know who knows what else the future holds as far as other dps we're going to go
1: after no matter your opinion of Higuain he is a top player to play in the MLS and he is going to help us out tremendously he has over 300 goals to his name both on a league and national level so we're bringing in an all-star who's done this and been there played in the big game been a leader for a while and is coming out of some top level soccer in Serie A so we're looking forward to get him out here and I think the combination of Pizarro and Blaze is going to be truly fantastic and hopefully we can ride into the uh into the big dance.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, now you throw Iguain in there. I mean, again, you know, j- just coming off championship wins with with Juventus. I mean, won Champions League with uh, with Real Madrid. Uh, I mean, the guy is a pedigree. Uh, he has been a teammate of Matuidi for quite some time. Uh, they're going to have that connection. So, really, I don't know how – I don't know what dirty information we have on Juventus as an organization, on <laughs> Pirlo. I'm not really sure. But for us to get two of their, uh, you know, highly coveted players – it's exciting, man. It really is exciting. I think that those two together, uh, not only bring skill and class to the pitch, but have you know a l- level of leadership about them uh, in their respective positions that will really help this team uh, grow, but also be able to get into the right mindset about how the game should be played. And I think, honestly, probably Diego Alonso can learn something from these players as well.
1: Hey, that's a, that's a hot take right there. And Jay, I know I know you have sources deep in the internet web but are there any updates on if this is going to be a dp or tam signing it's going to be a dp it's going to be a dp which is okay because in <laughs> reality like, he uh, is a dp player <laughs> he is a dp
0: player but to be fair so is blaze matuidi um it's that's i understand paul got a lot of tam money but seven million per year i don't think we have that much tam money so he's he's gonna be pricey uh for sure but I know we're both excited about it. Some of the fans seem on the fence, but I promise you, once he starts netting goals for us and we start walking away with W's, climbing the tables, you're gonna have a little bit uh, change of heart there because even though he's you know 32, um, you know a lot of people say he's overweight or whatever. But look, you're you're playing for the top team in Italy. You've played for Real Madrid. You're gonna come into the MLS and be able to shred if you can play at that level. Um, I don't know what else to say, man. I'm excited. I can't wait to see him. We need it.
1: Yeah, we are waiting again. This is not yet. You know, the, the the John Hancock, the signature is not on the contract yet. So that news will be breaking and be exciting when it happens. But like we said, we're about ninety nine point eight percent sure everything is a go. And Jay, as we start talking about, you know, getting more wins under our belt with Iguaine, we had a win in the Fort Lauderdale CF match against Orlando City B.
0: We did have a win. The boys continue to play well. It's rolling. Us, bringing us many, many wins. Um, Basically, quick update. They were uh, led to victory uh, by goals from 16-year-old winger Edison Ascona and Ford Ricky Lopez Espen. I feel like I'm talking about Ricky Lopez Espen every single episode when we do give updates on Fort Lauderdale CF. Uh, He now has six goals and is the goal-scoring leader for USL League 1 sooner than later, I think we give this guy a shot. Why not?
1: Why not? I mean, we need the help in the attack, and if he's going to keep playing lights out like that, bring him up to the big time. But Not in- to mention,
0: he also won USL League One Goal of the Month with his midfield mm-hmm. ripper.
1: I mean, he, he's he got some talent. He's got some talent. We'll see if he stays there for a little bit longer to develop. And, you know, a big friend of the podcast showed up in that game too, Jay.
0: Yes, uh, we are talking about Jerome Kiesavetter, uh, news broke, and, you know, at first I was kind of a little sad, but I think for the most part I was, I was glad uh, about this decision. But Jerome Kisavetter has uh, been loaned out to Fort Lauderdale CF, so he actually uh, came on as a sub late in the second half for Ricky Lopez spin. Uh, and I really, like you know, I think anyone that's been listening to this pod since day one knows I've been, you know, fairly high up on on Jerome throughout this process. Uh, really wanted to see more opportunity, or uh, you know, him given more opportunity rather. But I think this is going to be a great opportunity to get, you know, more experience kind of mesh with the team, uh, keep learning, keep growing. And then eventually hopefully we'll pull them back up here. But uh, you know, good news for Jerome, he will be able to continue to play. I think it gets to the point where I think a lot of these players at some point, you know, if you're lower down, if you're someone we haven't seen in, you know, obviously in the lineup or, or as a sub that you're kind of itching for playing time. So I'm perfectly okay with, with these guys getting loaned out just to get playing time to keep growing.
1: I think it only makes sense. Listen, we've all played sports, no matter what age we are, and listen, practice is all right, but games are awesome. And the reason why we practice is to play in the game. So if they're not going to get any play at the level of, you know, the, the the premier level in the you know United States, which is the MLS, they might as well have them go and get some of that playing time while they're they're able to.
0: Nope, 100%. It's, it's going to be a good opportunity. And, you know, McCoon's actually playing well there. So, I mean, we're just, you know, keep keep developing these players, bring them up as we need to. But uh, let's go ahead and get into, oh, the fun time we had, I think. while well, a lot of people are going to tune into this one. But uh, let's talk about this little matchup.
1: Uh, part three with Orlando City. I mean, hardly anything but little, and it seems hour by hour, it seems to get a little bit bigger.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can tell it's getting a little, little bit more heated each, uh, each game we play. Uh, there was a time where you and I were watching some stuff go down in the stadium that was just... Um, I mean, honestly, we were kind of more hooked on that, just watching that thing develop and go down, and uh, we weren't paying attention to what was happening on the pitch for a couple minutes there.
1: Hey, I was having my bag of popcorn right there, and I was eating it. I was just saw myself glaring off into, I think, the northern part of the arena. But um, it was uh, was definitely a little chippy, as I would like to say it. Um, You know, we were talking to a few of our buddies, too, and we were like, holy smokes, what if this stadium was at full capacity? It would have been a riot. So – You know, needless to say, this rivalry is in full steam, and you know, hey, we knew this was going to happen to a capacity, we didn't know how it was going to go down, but we're seeing it still unfold.
0: Yeah, I I will, you know, to be fair, though, uh, let's go ahead and shout out the uh, Orlando City fans that were around us because they were very nice, very hospitable. So, you know, there are, you know, I think the vast majority, you know, very nice and and great people. Of course, you know, once you get uh, the two supporters groups cheering against each other and some of those more diehard fans, some situations can occur, which... You know, might not be the best view, but you know that's that's the game, and uh, it's all part of it, man.
1: It is, and you know, I guess I don't know if this is part of it. There is some wild rumor swirling around the dark world of the internet that is saying that we were a part of beating up Orlando's mascot <laughs> at some capacity. Now, the crazy part about this too is that we had heard about this rumor, but. We had an inside source very close to the situation actually say that this was a this was a marketing video for Orlando, and I don't know what happened or what transpired to convince both parties that this was a good idea. Probably a lot of alcohol was involved, Probably but alcohol, but it did happen. And from what we understand from our source, it seems like that the purpose of the video was getting a little twisted just with all the other events that were happening around the stadium.
0: Yeah and then the other thing that we saw which uh, was also, you know, on social media was Orlando and their mascot uh, holding two of the supporters groups flags upside down, Twitter Miami flags upside down as a kind of little slight jab of disrespect. Now the interesting thing I saw here was that uh security actually confiscated these flags from the supporters and then in turn gave them to the Orlando City fans as a trophy. So you know, if, if the whole marketing thing just to kind of playfully beat up the mascot was actually just a marketing play that they're trying to flip now, um, compiled with this. And what I would say that Orlando city might have some c- kind of shady practices when it comes to marketing their teams. Now, you know, if it was just three Miami plans, uh, fans, uh, you know, stomping on a, on a mascot, well, uh, that's a different situation, but you know, the world may never know the truth behind these it might just go down in the the halls the the annals if you will of this rivalry as just notable uh instances so i'm sure this uh i think this was the first it will certainly not be the last because this rivalry is going to continue to get heated and heated and we're only getting better and getting better players so I just can't imagine. At some point, I think Orlando City is going to start to get even more bitter. And oh, buddy, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to to bring these stories to the fans.
1: This might be
0: my jaws hurt from
1: smiling and trying to talk. The, the, Jay, this rivalry might be the rivalry of all rivalries in the MLS. Come within five years, man. This the thing that we in have to East, remember. I, th- I
0: mean, El Travico's is pretty heated between LA, it's but awful. in the East, this could be it.
1: We'll see. Now. The crazy part about this is, is that this was the first time these two teams actually played in front of fans. So these games are only going to get bigger and wilder. And I got to imagine, at some capacity, next time there's definitely going to be higher level of, of security. But you know, to your point, you know, I don't know how security confiscates, you know, certain items of our team and our support gr- supporter groups, and you know, gives them to the opposing fans. I just don't see how that is, you know, helping the cause by any means
0: i mean they're gonna try and excite their own fans and 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 i guess stoke those flames i mean the incident we saw after our first goal with um the supporters groups just jumping up and down and i mean you could see like the the mist clouds of beer being thrown and uh they were in the upper deck or whatever you want to call it and so i'm sure that beer fell onto orlando city fans below them and then we see an Orlando City fan throwing up like bottles of water
1: at mm-hmm, them, and then mm-hmm. they're yelling at each other, and security gets involved. And this yeah. is all after don't, our first goal. Don't get this twisted. There, There's not really a, a right side and, and, a, and a wrong side yeah, yeah. here. I it's mean, kind I've, of like both sides are at fault for what unfolded. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the reality, though, of it was, Jay... Damn, it felt good to be in a real live setting with sports back and we were watching the game firsthand. It was great to see it.
0: It did, it did, indeed. I mean, it look, dude, you throw beer on me and I don't know you. Like I'm not gonna like it at all, right? But uh, the 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 issue with it was is it was right after our first goal. So every I think like we were distracted looking up at it, and then next thing you know, we look down in in Perea, you know, off a beautiful assist by by Chris Mueller, uh rips a goal in us, so you know, it's kind of those sayings like get the celebration over, refocus though, and that goes you know not only for the for the fans and in the team. I mean, the fans can be hard as you're so excited, but teams score a goal, refocus. They say you're most vulnerable, you know, once you score a goal, and uh, we kind of saw that unfold. But we're, overall,
1: we're seeming to write the book on that
0: yeah exactly uh and we're gonna get into this we talked about it on the last podcast as well but um overall a uh, pretty great experience and, and and the vast vast majority of fans were,
1: were very welcoming well pretty cool too not only was it Quinn's first time at Disney World is also his first time at a live sporting event
0: well o- official MLS match he was there for uh, at yeah, the preseason game with us but uh we had a blast. Uh, can't wait to uh, to be able to do that in our home stadium and finally get our home opener. But let's go ahead and get into it. We kind of want to digest a little bit of uh, you know what we saw in this game and in what we kind of think about uh, you know how the team played. So uh, go ahead and kick us off, my guy. Yeah,
1: really a tale of two halves, and we're gonna get down to what happened and the adjustments, not just on our team and substitution packages, but also the formation shift that we we started to see some glimmers of light there. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. And then we're also going to talk about how we're still left at the front door with nobody opening it. It is starting to get brutal. We are knocking on the literally Jay. We had 12 shots on goal. I'm sorry, not 12 shots on goal, but 12 shots total in the match. And we're just having such difficulty putting the ball in the back of the net from point blank shots. There there was a few to get into and it seems like a constant threat. And I got to wonder when is our luck going to change?
0: Hopefully soon. Uh, I mean, twelve total shots, only three on target. Um, huh. That's not that's not going to be going to be good enough uh, to put that in perspective. Orlando eight shots, three on target, so uh, one third less shots, same amount on target. Fouls, uh, you know, I mean, obviously it's a rivalry game, but twenty fouls on Orlando City, fourteen on Inter Miami, four yellow cards on Inter Miami, two yellow cards which should have been three and basically one red on Orlando City. We will get into that. Five off size on the Herons two offsides sides on the lions and then seven corner kicks for inner five corner kicks for Orlando, two saves from each keeper. Uh, so, you know, the areas of improvement are basically, I mean, we're getting into like a broken record status at this point. You know, it, it, it's stuff we keep seeing uh, over and over. It's either not coming out strong and then the second half being strong or coming out strong in the second half taking it off and, and more trying to play defense than a complete game of soccer. It, it, it can be frustrating, but I think right off the the get-go, uh, one of the most major things that happened in this game is in the seventh minute, Ben Sweat gets injured until uh, the point where he's got to come off and they sub in uh, Mikey Ambrose, right? Uh, ben has been playing well. He has been helping out on attack with you know balls coming from the outside, from the left side. Uh, we saw that happen, and, I mean, we knew we were going to take a, a, a hit on offense, uh, but also, you know, a, a pretty decent hit on defense as well. Uh, and then the thing that also confused me was at halftime, they made another sub for for Mikey Ambrose for Dylan Nealis. So why not just sub on Nealis after that? I don't know. Was he not warmed up, or did, did Mikey get hurt,
1: or why spend two subs on one position? Honestly, I think in the moment – it took Diego by surprise and he wasn't quite prepared for that to happen with Ben. Obviously no one expects for their player to go down in minute seven and especially a game like that. And especially even more to, Ben's quality that he's been playing, you know, really this last three games has been truly awesome. So, you know, I just think it was Diego getting caught a little bit with his hand in the cookie jar and he pulled the trigger on Mikey. And, you know, I don't think that uh, he, it, 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 there wasn't enough time, I guess, is what my thought is.
0: I mean, very well could be, very well could be. But that was something that happened, you know, Injuries suck, right? But injuries definitely suck in the first 10 minutes. You know, if, if someone's having to, to be subbed off, uh, you know, it, it's definitely not ideal.
1: Yeah, and especially a player like Ben, how, how well he's been playing lately.
0: Yeah, no, it, it, it's going to, you know, hurt the team. And, um, you know, and then as far as that, again, and we just mentioned, but the defense needs to be more alert. Like, once you score, don't just give up the lead. We have been discussing both on the pod, both off the pod. It seems like we can't hold a lead or even a tie for like more than five minutes. It seems like every time we score, we're giving up a goal almost instantaneously. It's very demoralizing, obviously for the fans, but I mean, I would imagine, you know, for the team as well to
1: to go up, be in good spirits, and then you're right back down there and having to 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 climb back out, you know? Well, I think this goes back to what we talked about last time on the pod, and that was those mental breaks. And, you know, you you touched on something earlier, Jay, where you know, we talked about kind of that refocusing of the goals, you know, once Breck Shea hit that goal, you know, we were so enamored with what was happening over in the end zone that it was like, Hey, like they just scored on us in four minutes and that can't happen. So our minds are not in these games as, as the, as the ball gets put down and ready to go again.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you're, I don't, it's frustrating. It really is, you know, but, um, so inner or not inner, but, uh, Orlando city takes the lead. Um, this was a little tough, right? Because, I mean, like, technically, it was, it was an own goal by Reyes. It, it came off his head. Um, You know, we haven't scored on a set piece all season, but it seems like we get scored on uh fairly often, you know, by uh, by set pieces. And then once we finally do climb back off a beautiful cross from Adolfo Bizarro and, honestly, a, a very well-crafted, pretty deep-glancing header uh, by Breck Shea. You know, Orlando responds in, in five minutes. And, you know, while we're distracted with good feelings and also with – you know, the two supporters groups and security getting involved. Uh, next thing we know, we look down and pray puts one in. It's, uh, it's definitely frustrating, man. And that's something that the defense really, really needs to key in on. Um, you know, own goals are never fun, uh, but, you know, keep going and, and just keep moving forward. But once you get a goal, just stop giving it up, man. Let, let us just feel good for – 15 minutes at a time maybe I mean, you know
1: it would be great to have that feeling for at least half the game right like let, it would, let's it carry be... nice and, and that's really where we've lacked is putting a full game from start to finish And i think the only time that we've actually done that and you know uh, even the back 10 minutes were a little sketchy was our win against orlando city i thought that that was really our best showing and you know we sh- did show some great signs in the second half which we're going to talk about but you know another thing that i realized jay in watching this game is, is that you know, not only are we fouling a lot, but we're also fouling very close to the box. And what's that doing to our backline, our defense is putting an immense amount of pressure. And especially like someone like Nani, who's, you know, one of the best to do it. And someone bat over in the MLS where, you know, he's pretty much their Iguain, if you want to think of it. Right. And yep, he's exactly. playing out of his mind. He's playing with freedom on the side. So the question, you know, you know, we saw a Nico Fagal tackle that went, you know, a little poorly, which led to a, um, Free kick, I think it was at the tenth minute, where he banged it off the top bar against Luis Robles. Which if that was a few inches farther south, man. That's in the back of the net.
0: Yeah, no, uh, I mean, literally, it's a game of inches. And uh, a, a great, you know, free kick from Nani. We got lucky; we dodged a bullet on that. Uh, but you're exactly right because in the Atlanta United game, there were multiple fouls right at the top of the box. Um, you know, in they say it's difficult to when you're so close to get the ball up and down on a free kick, but you know if you're if you're giving giving up fouls within you know a few yards of that box, I mean you're really putting the team in a prime position to score off a free kick, whether that be a direct free kick, a shot basically, or you know a cheeky little uh, chip or cross, whatever you want to call it, you know looking for uh, for a teammates' header. It's not good, and we got to stop doing that. It's more mental mistakes than anything.
1: It is, and even fast forward another 30 minutes to the 41st minute, you know, Hey, don't look now, but Nani's doing the another shot from right at the top of the box. Great save by Luis Robles. Who's been doing his thing, but you know, you're not playing your odds when you do that.
0: No, you're not. And that's not a, uh, a good recipe for success. You know, you, you can't keep doing that. Um, you know, we're, we're lucky with these games. I mean, like national and Atlanta twice in Orlando city, Orlando city obviously having the best season of their, um, of their program's history, uh, so you know we need to learn from this now because if we do this against like a Philly Union or Columbus or Toronto, or even like a you know NYCFC or some you know th- there are a lot of players I can put these away. So it, it's definitely dangerous. Let's kind of uh, transition a little bit into the the midfield. Um, you know, overall, I you know I, I'm liking the addition of Blaze. Um, you can tell that he's not you know fully up to date and integrated with the team, but. You know, I think with time we're going
1: to see that mesh a little bit more. What What are your thoughts on on you know how he played? Absolutely, you inject a talent like Blaze into our lineup, and it, and it's going to do us wonders. I mean, we were coming off of Will Trap and Uyoya, who were pretty much consistently in our starting eleven, and you know we saw the creativity and the offensive woos that that kind of brought for us. So. You know, just injecting Blaze offers a level, level of, you know, security, if if anything, right? Someone who's been there at, at the highest level of quality and can lead our team in the middle. So, you know, again, to, to what we talked about earlier, adding, you know, Iguain to this team, they just recently were playing together, you know, at, at Juve in the last team. So they're going to step in with the chemistry. You can already see it happening with Pizarro out there. So I'm ex- excited for what the future has to hold.
0: I'm excited that he, uh, you know... In the in the previous game against uh, Atlanta, he came on as a sub. So I'm I'm excited that he was not subbed on. He started the game. He played the whole game. People are like, oh, he's 33. We'll probably won't be able to play him for a full game. Like, yo, know, he's just coming from you know Europe's top talent. Like, my man can play a full game in the in the MLS. Just so just you know, give him the shot. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, it only helped once uh, once the Higuain gets here. But you know, as that midfield continues to de- develop, that's really the next strength outside of our back line. Um, and you know, they'll get there eventually. Um, it, it, to see Blaze and Pizarro continue to grow and really allow for that transition from, you know, the back third onto the attack will be uh will be very, very nice. Yeah, and let's it.
1: not forget about Lewis Morgan too, because he's a great piece on the side.
0: Yeah, and you can see his confidence level is, is definitely growing. He he's taking more shots, which uh which is good. I mean, I, I think low key is one of the, the most undervalued players on our team. Everyone wants to talk about, you know, Pizarro and everyone's talk about Blaze, but uh Lewis Morgan does quite a, a bit of work for this team. And uh, you know, I just, I'm, I'm really excited. I know his mom, Veronica, reaches out to us. Honestly, man, we, uh, we, Big we love fan you, of the pod. She is. We love you, man. Eventually, we're going to get you on this pod one day, man. But, um, you know, going into the attack, I'll tell you, uh, I did like to see Robbie get in the start. We had Aguadelo kind of started on the wing, you know, 4-2-3-1, basically. And then, you know, we rotated more to three in the back and uh, a little bit more midfield support. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm i going to have to classify Breck Shea kind of as, a, as an attacker at this point because he's always up there, always causing trouble. Great to, to see him up there. Having a, a career resurgence, man. I know there were a lot of questions about him. Playing uh, great. He, yeah, he, he really looks solid. Um, but, uh, you know, there was quite a bit of drama that unfolded in the second half. I um, yeah, say it lightly. Yeah, I uh, it was funny because Quinn, like, really had to go to the bathroom. And, obviously, I've got to take my little man to the bathroom. And so, like, I'm walking down there. And I don't even see this go down. But I hear, you know, like, a penalty is going to be awarded. So, we go into the family bathroom. You know, he, he does his thing. And then we're coming out and I get back up to the, to the, um, to the seats with you. And I'm fully expecting to see a penalty. And I heard a, you know, a second yellow. So, you know, automatic, you know, send off at that point. And then they, they just call it all back. And they're like, no penalty uh no no second yellow player stays on i'm like what just happened i'm literally gone for like a couple minutes man
1: yeah that was the craziest part of this game by far that was i mean listen it's it's that var sneaking its ugly little head out again and just beating us down man it's just it it needs to switch its luck for the positives for us but var got us the
0: penalty varth give and varth take
1: it okay
0: And then VAR took the penalty away from us right before we took the penalty. You see the Ravi, he puts his hand up to his earpiece. And you can tell he's getting an update. But uh, so what happened was full full speed here. Carranza uh, looked to have drawn a penalty. He got tackled from behind in the box by Rodrigo Schlegel. Uh, who here's what I didn't like. He got up, Schlegel got up immediately as Carranza's, you know, clutching over his foot and starts just yelling at at Carranza, pointing his finger down at him. And I was like, yo, that's pretty damn aggressive, my guy. Uh, but after you know the VAR, Schlegel, Schlegel got his second yellow. blatant attack from behind. Does not get the ball. Goes in between his legs. Tackles him from behind the box. Boom. Penalty. Easy cut and dry. He gets sent off. He's all upset he got sent off. We're kind of feeling good he got sent off because it was a scumbag play, honestly. Uh, but then again, ref puts his hand up to his ear. vol calls down. Says Carranza was off sides. So that means no penalty. And furthermore, no second yellow, even though it was such an egregious tackle. But Schlegel stays on. Uh, you know, watching the replay again from, you know, what I recorded uh, on the TV. So not just at the game, but there, it was so damn close. Like that call goes either way that the, he is barely off sides when that ball is about three feet off. Um, I believe it was Breck Shea's foot. Uh, but I, I have a hard time believing that when he actually contacts the ball that, that Kranz is offside. I do not agree with that. I know a lot of the fans won't, uh, tough to see. We would have basically been able to tie the game up they would have been manned down would have set up a beautiful uh you know last 15 20 minutes to uh it's really still the win there but what do you do man var it's uh it's a love hate game and for this season it's been a lot of
1: hate towards us i believe yeah that was a roller coaster of emotions i think that all transpired i think at the beginning quinn had to go to the bathroom by the time you came back i had my head in my hands where i was like dude i can't believe what just happened it was it was one of those moments that were a little bit surreal, but, you know. Like, it was
0: like the, the DC United, what happened against us. And I was like, oh, that's what it feels like to have that happen to your team. <laughs> They're like, the VR brings you a penalty and you lose a player. And I'm like, okay, well, I call, call it even, var gods, And then, no, they take it right back. And I'm like, all right,
1: never mind. I mean, I can't help but wonder. You're for sure thinking that we get out of there with at least a point. But, you know, man down plus the free kick or the PK, I'm thinking we might come out of there with three. I think we would have, but um, nope, they didn't see it that
0: way. So, you know what, and and to be fair, although that does suck, it's just adding to uh, to the legend of this rivalry, you know. I think the refs kind of, you know, they were letting some things happen that maybe some other refs would have called cards on. Uh, or at least called fouls, but um, you know it's, it's getting chippy out there. And it's only going to get more chippy, you know, as, as as we continue to develop as well. So
1: yeah, and I mean, listen, you know, if there's any referees listening to this podcast, you know, let us know. We'll double it. Like it's cool. Like just let us know. <laughs> Alex <laughs> will double it. I'm, I'm keeping my monies. <laughs> but anyway, that was uh, definitely the turning point in the match. Things were going pretty well. I mean, you know, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but Breck has been a true spark. He's been he's been awesome. And it's funny, I've been lobbying every single game to get him in the middle he is so big that it's like we got to put that head somewhere and put it to use
0: well he'll get there I mean that's how I got the header but by nature he is a left-wing player but I do like to see the big big I don't even know what ethnicity is is it Swedish is it is it is it just pure Viking I'm not really sure but the Blondie man he's just so big out there but he's he's got this skill set to create some separation to to free up some crosses, uh, you know, in into the, the middle of the field. So uh
1: yeah, dude, do it we, questions at first, but I really like I think it's a crew resurgence. Dude's six three, one eighty one, 181, and he plays like he's six seven, two twenty 220 out there. He truly is a man amongst boys, and he's been playing out of his mind with his crosses into the middle over the last couple of games, and to your point, this is a resurgence. I know when we first signed him, we didn't think that he was probably going to get this much playing time, but right now our team is way better with him out there.
0: Yeah, no, he, 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 he put the team on his back just so that his beautiful blonde hair could just tickle them on their on their neck, I guess. But uh, he, he had a chance to get the tying goal, this, his, his second goal of the game, um, really off a free kick. I believe this would be our first free kick we scored off, um, and it was placed right into uh, the the keeper, Gillespie, and he like parries it away, and Breck is so close, and you, you just see him swinging his left foot, but uh, Gillespie gets there just in time to stop it, and his left foot just... Hits a bunch of air. So close. Keep it up, Breck. We will get there eventually,
1: though. Yes. And if you're listening to this podcast, want a nice chuckle. Jay showed me this a few days ago, but go ahead and Google Breck Shea cornrows and no, see no, what no, happens. No, no, no.
0: no. Dreadlocks. He, 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 he had these sweet dreadlocks. Did he have cornrows as well? Oh man, that is rich. <laughs> oh man. If you got some time, type in Breck Shea cornrows. And then once you enjoy that, delete, 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 and just do Brecce, um dreadlocks.
1: Enjoy and, everyone.
0: And, and now he's just got this beautiful Viking hair. Look, since I first saw him, I think it was a U-17 uh, men's national team, and he had like this like faux hawk up top and like a mullet in the back. So he's always been pushing the, uh, the hair game in the, in a new direction.
1: So I, I can't really knock him for that. I mean, it, do you think there's a chance that we see these on the field this year?
0: I don't think we're going to see any, uh, any cornrows. I mean, it's going to take a while to, to, to get dreadlocks into place. Uh, I think that was more of a, a thing he did in his youth. He, he's always, uh, you know, again, kind of, kind of pushed that forward, but Hey, I've been wrong many times before in my life, so maybe we do see uh, some swaggy Breck Shea hair. I'll just take his uh, his quality play he's been given us so far.
1: Yeah, you know, we, we may be that lucky, but probably not. But do enjoy that. It'll get you a nice laugh. But, Jay, there's really kind of two areas in the attack that I, I wanted to bring up today. And the one of them starts with Juan Agudelo. And... Been a lot of conversation around him, kind of talking about where he is in his career, where he is in this team, you know, when he should come into the match. I personally think he's more of a second half player that if we need a little bit of a spark could potentially offer us to that down the line. But obviously with the addition of Gonzalo Higuain, you know, his rotation is probably going to change a little bit. But where do you see Juan Agudelo's place on the squad?
0: Uh, I, I agree with that. Um, just given you know, where we are now, I'd rather see uh, either Carranza up top and Robbie on the wing or Robbie up top and Carranza on the wing. Um, I think those are the two players that we want to continue to get game time. And, and I agree with basically everything you said. I think Aguadillo would be a great second half sub with Higuain coming on. If we're going to stay in Alonso's you know, tried and true uh, 4 2 3 1, obviously Higuain going to be up top. So that's going to leave the wing, that left wing side for probably Robbie uh Julian or, or Pellegrini. I'm not really sure. Once he gets there, you know, is Juan someone that's gonna see a lot of playing time. Is that someone that we might, you know, be looking to to trade off? I it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, we've discussed the possibility of, of Diego switching out the formation to, you know, have a two forwards up there, uh, in some capacity. So yeah, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um I'm just I just wanna see Iguain coming to the M L S man. I, I I don't I don't really care. I mean if we I'll be okay if you put Ewing at CDM for his first game. Just let's let's just see him get out there and uh, and shred up the MLS. Now, all jokes aside, though, um, you know that left wing is going to be, I think, something we're going to see change, probably game to game.
1: Yeah, and I think it's almost a certainty that Juan's time is going to suffer a little bit with the addition for, you know, in a good way, right? You know, this is going to be a positive for our team, but you know, it really kind of comes down to two young players and we can even inject Robbie into this conversation, but Pellegrini and Carranza have been, you know, less than thrilling this entire season. And based on the substitution packages and what we've seen over the last few games, it really seems like Pellegrini's in the doghouse right now with Diego. Um, how do you see, his involvement with the team, because this is really the first time that we're adding someone to the attack, right? You know, besides Blaise Matuidi, who's playing more in the central midfield, all of our additions has either been in the mid or in the defense. So this is going to really shake things up for us.
0: Uh, a hundred percent. It will, because again, that just leaves that left winger position exposed. I think it's going to hurt Pellegrini the most. Um, you know, Carranza, he looks great in the first game against Orlando. Um, we were kind of expecting to see that continue just hasn't fully yet, but yeah, I don't know. Pellegrini has not been getting as much playing time. Um, so you never know. He, he takes up our young DP spot. Is he worth it? I don't know. I feel like he's had a, a tough time adjusting to the league. He looks slow and sluggish sometimes. And don't get me wrong. Um, you know, there are times where he looked great. I want to say it was the... Uh, first game against Nashville where like the heat map had him all over the field. So it was very active and looked great, but um, that certainly unfortunately is not outweighing um, just kind of the, the, the poor play we've seen from him this far.
1: It's not. And the biggest detail of this scenario is the fact that Pellegrini is our young DP and a lot of money is getting thrown his way. And when a lot of money doesn't play on a consistent basis, you start to think like, Hey, you know, where can we have this money better allocated to what type of talent would be able to aid us uh, in to getting some of these W's. I mean, from a, from a separate standpoint, I, I think of it too, though, that, you know, you invested in Pellegrini. You don't just go ahead and pull the trigger on a young DP like that and not do your research. Same thing with Diego Alonso. I know a lot of people are looking to point fingers and, you know, search for heads, but I got to be honest, everyone, you know, you don't make these investments in your coach or your young DPs and just let them go after 10 games. They're there for at least the first year. And in reality, probably two, if, if neither of these individuals turn it around by mid to end next season, I'm sure you'll start to see some type of changes on the team in relation to these uh, types of folks. But that being said, Pellegrini's is still incredibly young. You know, he is still getting his feet underneath him. This is a brand new system for him. And I think the same can be said about Diego. Diego is a very accomplished coach and it's not like he's just someone who we pulled onto this team who is a no name. He has a long track record of winning, which you want to see. So, you know, you got to put, faith in the front office, but I got to say right now, you know, at this point in the season, from what we've seen, you know, it, it's been less than exciting.
0: It really has. Um, you know, it's tough. And even, you know, from not our young DP, but just our other DP, you know, Pizarro had a, a chance to to tie it up in the 86th minute, but he kind of just did not get enough power and just floated the ball right to, uh, to Gillespie for an, an easy save. Um, you know, but you know, Breck Shea coming on, you know, coming on as a sub for uh, for you, you know, injecting life into the, the squad. I mean, honestly, I, I, I want to see a little bit more of Breck because it seems like, you know, only good things happen when uh, when he's on the pitch for us. So, uh, you know, there's still some improvements. We're going to get reinforcements. We continue to grow. Um, you can see that we are, you know, making improvements, though. So sooner than later, man, it, it's really got to gotta, uh, gotta click. And, um, you know, and who knows what the formation will look like, uh, you know, in
1: the future we switched to three in the back to really add more support to the midfield and in the attack. So, you know, listen, at the end of the day, we're hoping one of these formations clicks and that's the one that we roll with.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, I, I would love to see a full game of, of just three uh, at the back. I, I think we might have started off with that only once, but, you know, to make these changes, typically in the second half when you're trying to, to, to you know, catch back up, get the equalizing goal or the game winning goal. Um, you know, I, I agree. I think as, at some point, we're gonna play, you know, great in, in one formation we'll switch to and I'd like to see us, you know, try that out. I still think we're we're learning as a team, both from the players and, and Diego.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, we come back to it all the time. We are an expansion team. This was, I believe, our eleventh match, really quick math. I believe we're two, two and seven right now, I think is what our record is standing. So correct. We are slowly but surely putting it together. And I think with more time, again, this is going to be a different team that we're going to see on the field come the end of the regular season. And I got to say, the way that this is shaping up and the momentum we continue to roll with, I think that we're poised for a strong playoff run. And honestly, we're going to be a team you don't want to play.
0: No, I agree. We're only going to get better, and uh, we're going to develop more. It's going to be great. And you know, speaking of which, we we have our next game coming up on – on the 19th, so uh, what are we, five days away now? Yeah, and against Atlanta United for the third time. Um, I feel like we're repeating ourselves. We try and go through a breakdown of this. We've done it on two of the most recent episodes, but uh, notable changes. Uh, just to follow up on on the last game, PT Martinez uh, you know, has been traded over to, to uh, Saudi Arabia, so he won't be there. Atlanta's hurting, man. This is the game we got to capitalize on. This is the game, if we win this, we're basically going to be right uh, you know, in, in that, that tenth playoff spot, depending on how the other teams in the league do. Uh, but, uh, you know, regardless, we had a fun time in Orlando. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Inner Miami Podcast. Per usual, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Inner Miami Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at InterMIA Podcast. Send us an email, Jane Alex at com. Did I mention the website already? I don't know. Rewind the episode and get the get the URL if you don't have it. Inner Miami uh,
1: podcast. We make it really simple. Although Twitter's throwing a little bit of a wrench inside of that equation, but Twitter's testing us. Like we end every episode, it has been real. We look forward to being with you soon. And in true Inner Miami fashion, vamos Miami, vamos Miami.